Now, due to COVID-19, visa renewals and applications for the US and indeed many other countries are now facing significant delays, leaving holders of those visas facing difficult questions about their status. Well, in a moment, I'll be joined from Chicago by Fiona McEntee, who is managing attorney at McEntee Law Group and media chair of the American Immigration Lawyers Association. But first, I've been speaking to an Irish man in New York, John, who is facing this difficulty himself. And I started by asking John to explain his own circumstances and the uncertainty around his own visa renewal. My situation is I, I work for a large multinational media company here in New York. I'm from Derry originally, so I'm here on an Irish passport. And uh, I've been working in the U.S. for about six years at the moment. And uh, the situation is that my current visa, which is an E2 visa, which uh, a lot of companies use to bring employees from other offices overseas to work in the U.S., Uh, it's about to expire. And obviously this year uh, with the crisis has sort of plunged a lot of people like myself into a bit of uncertainty as to how to how to move forwards with the visa. Normally, it's quite a straightforward process to renew it, um, which just involves a quick return to your home country, issuing of a new visa and then coming back to the States. But with the crisis and the embassies being shut all over the world, um, it, there's a lot of uncertainty as to what happens exactly when when the visa expires. So, so what are your options then? Is it that you have to come back to Ireland to, to renew it and, and then will you be able to get back into the States if you do that? Well, I guess the overarching theme here is there's just so much uncertainty. I've been, I've been speaking with the company and our lawyers here and, uh, you know, various people who are maybe a bit more knowledgeable about it than me. And uh, the feeling is that uh, basically as soon as it expires, as long as the paperwork has been submitted, you, you can in essence stay here uh, while, it's, while it's processed in the background. But... Um, the uncertainty lies in that you, you, you can't leave the country in that period. Uh, there's no guarantee that you will be accepted once once the paperwork goes through. And also there's no time frame because the embassies have been shut now for six months. And there's a huge sort of backlog, uh, regardless of your own application and, and its ability to go through. It might take as long as sort of six, seven months, even longer, depending on how things unfold over the next few months. So just a huge amount of uncertainty and, you know, it impacts obviously then all aspects of your life when you're coming around to planning what's mm. next. Yeah, because as you say, if you do get the documentation in, then by the sounds of it, with the backlog, you'd be waiting quite a while to find out whether you've been successful in the application. Um, and I wonder what are your, what's your sense of whether or not you're likely to be successful, um, given you know the Trump regime and the whole atmosphere around visas and the undocumented and all of that um, living in the United States. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So there's a sense that... Uh, a lot of this hinges on the outcome of the election here. Um, everybody's aware that uh, Trump and the Trump administration are very protectionist. They see foreign workers as, uh, you know, a, a sort of burden on on American jobs for American uh, citizens. And the sense is that, you know, perhaps the policies will change in that intervening period. And there'll be a lot of extra downward pressure on cutting uh, the amount of visas that are issued. And, you know, the the Trump uh, administration, they don't work in nuances. So 
they make sweeping changes which affect uh, many different people, many different circumstances, regardless of what they're actually doing for work. Mm-hmm. And the feeling amongst me and some of my friends and colleagues here is that, you know, we're going to get caught up in that uh, if, if he is reelected. But of course, you know, uh, th- th- this is the risk you take when you're when you're a foreign worker in a foreign yeah. country. You, I- know, you don't really have much of a say. And you say your, your colleagues have similar concerns. So, you, you know, people in, in similar circumstances then? Absolutely. And across different industries as well. You know, I have some friends I've made here from Ireland, UK, anywhere else. You know, they might be working in bars, cafes. Uh, they might be doing all sorts of all, all sorts of work. And everyone here is, you know, on different sort of timelines and circumstances. And it's really those of us who are caught up in it this year, you know, where the visas expire this year in particular, that are um, particularly worried, you know, just it's just terrible timing mm. with the crisis. It's just an extra thing to worry about. And where does that leave you then, John, in terms of being able to come home and visit family and friends? I mean, if you did that, would you be concerned you wouldn't be able to get back? Well, yeah, you know, it, it, I, there's nothing sort of uh, stopping me going to Ireland right now, but the, I wouldn't be able to get back in. The, the US is only allowing US citizens back in. So uh, my understanding is that even if I'm on a visa here and I work and live here and have my uh, flat here, you know, I, there's a chance I, if I left, I wouldn't be able to get back in. Now, now that's obviously purely related to the crisis. So, uh, you know, I don't have any plans to, move, to to leave while things are still so uncertain. But, uh, you know, once my visa expires, I absolutely can't leave then because uh, there's no chance of me getting back in and, and there'd be no prospect uh, or there'd be no timeline for me knowing when I would be able to return. So it'd be too risky. You know, my company wouldn't be happy about it. I'd, I'd be essentially stuck abroad while, while all the paperwork is sorted. And would you consider staying as undocumented if that's, if that's where you end up? Basically, no. I mean, it's a difficult it, it's a difficult choice, and you know, I've heard heard of many stories of people who uh, overstayed their visas. I mean, the, the implications of that are too severe. Um, you, you know, you basically live off the grid. You don't have a bank account. You've no health insurance here, and of course, you know, the access to health here requires some form of insurance. And uh, and also just, you know, it's essentially a federal crime. So if you were to get caught, you know, you could be banned for life. And it's just a risk I'm not willing to take um, to right now anyway. Yeah, it, it sounds like a very difficult situation. And as you say, you have your apartment there, you have your job there. Um, but would you consider just leaving entirely with with all this going on? Well, you know, the the, the one benefit I have is I sort of, had a few months to sort of process all of this and you know you know it's coming uh it'd be great if the crisis lasted much shorter than it than it is but here we are and and it's coming up to the deadline so i have thought about my options and you know uh having that time to sort of figure out maybe what's next makes it a bit easier you know to process but it's just a it's just a bit unfortunate that it feels like if the if there was the will by the government here to make the guidance clearer to make uh make companies sort of fully aware of what the options are and not sort of use us as a you, you know a pawn really in a wider kind of immigration policy then you know things would be a bit easier but mm. there's just so much uncertainty right now that it's really, it's really hard to know what the next few months hold
And that was John speaking to me earlier from New York. Well, I'm joined on the line now from Chicago by Fiona McEntee, who is Managing Attorney at McEntee Law and also Media Chair of the American Immigration Lawyers Association. And thank you very much for joining us this morning, Fiona. Um, so you'll have heard John's situation there. Is, is that a situation that strikes a chord with many other cases that you, you may have been dealing with during the pandemic? Hi, good morning, Sarah. Um, yeah, I was listening to John and I think, you know, a lot of what he was saying, I hear pretty much on a daily basis from from clients of ours. I think the kind of overarching theme is the uncertainty and then the kind of anxiety that goes along um, with that. So, yeah, I, I think I hear that, you know, extremely frequently from clients. So what exactly is causing the problem? Is it is it COVID? Is it policy? What are the main blockages? I mean, honestly, since pretty much day one, this administration has had an anti-immigrant agenda and they really have tried to restrict all forms of immigration. And we've seen that across the board. You know, it was the Muslim ban, you know, two a few days into the administration. You know, there was a termination of DACA and now there's COVID. And, you know, our sense is that they're using this as a pretext to further restrict immigration. Um, so, yeah, so we have seen that across the board. I think that the uncertainty has just been heightened with, um, you know, the lack of mobility. And, you know, as John was saying, um, you know, these restrictions are implemented. They're across the board. You know, they're kind of haphazard. Um, there's a lot of confusion no guidance um, and it just results in utter chaos in my experience. In terms of the delays then, again, John was talking about six months or something to to get his visa application um, processed. Is, Is that a similar timeline that you're seeing or how bad are the delays? I mean, honestly, it's we haven't really had clients have any interviews abroad since since this started. So, I mean, we he mentioned E2 cases and we actually file a lot of E2 cases for Irish clients um, through the embassy in Dublin. And um, we've been so they're filed electronically. So we've been able to get some filed, but they haven't been reviewed or interviews scheduled since then. So if his hasn't even been filed yet, you know, he's going to join a long list of clients that are waiting um, for for their appointments. And to be fair to the embassy, obviously, there's reasons for the closures. But, you know, as in uh, safety related reasons, but we just don't know what's going to happen, you know, when they open back up, what what that will look like as far as timelines. Mm. Um, and, and what happens to the people who are waiting in the meantime in terms of their legal status? So it depends on, you know, kind of procedurally how the case is filed. Um, and, you know, if people are here in the US, obviously they need to get specific advice in relation to their situation. Sometimes there might be other alternatives um, to filing at the embassy. And some cases are always filed directly here in the US through the Department of Homeland Security. So we have been filing a lot of the stateside cases and getting them approved and adjudicated um, throughout this time. The, all these bans and restrictions really relate to entry into the US and so travel coming in from abroad. And that relates to, um, you know, there's a, a law that gives the president the power to regulate entry into the US. So he's using that as the basis for denying entry. So and that's kind of what we saw with the Muslim ban. It's about the entry into the US. And, and that's the same with there's three immigration related travel bans at the moment that are kind of relevant to people. There's the COVID ban, people in Ireland, Schengen and other countries. Then there's a 
green card immigrant visa ban um, and then there's the business visa ban, the H-1B and some of the temporary ones. Um, but they're about the issuance of visa stamps and then entry into the US as opposed to people here. And um, so that is a kind of important distinction. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me to talk about it this morning. That's Fiona McEntee, Managing Attorney at McEntee Law Group. Now, do stay with us because we'll have our gathering here next. Today with Sarah McInerney on RTE Radio 1.